just want to welcome you again. Uh, my name's Rich. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, just to give you a heads up of what we'll be doing this morning, we're going to have a, a message here. really want to talk to the parents who are dedicating their children. And yet, uh, some of the things that we'll share will really apply to all of us as we look to support them as friends and family and as a church family here. And so, um, really, it's uh, especially for the parents. And yet, this is a message that hopefully will be for us all here. So I'm um, going to have a mix of some things where we're going to have a little bit of fun, and then we're also going to have some things we're going to be a little bit serious about. So be ready to, to laugh and then be ready to have a straight face. And you know, um, But I thought I'd start just with a story that I was reminded of related to baby dedications. I heard some of you might have heard this story before, but there was a family coming home after a baby dedication real similar to this. And one family had dedicated a couple of their younger ones. And on the drive home, there was the little boy, little Jimmy, was in the back seat crying. And so the dad calls back and says, you know, son, why are you crying? And he says, well, um, dad, you know, the pastor said I, I need to be raised in a good Christian family, but I want to stay with you all. So, but, uh, so I don't know. I hope, hope no one has that sentiment when they come home today. But I, I trust it will be, be a good time here. Um, we did, uh, you know, uh, some of you might not know the story. I've been in the process of knocking on some of the doors in the neighborhood just to meet some of the neighbors. And as a matter of fact, a number of you are here today because we knocked on the door of Ben and Jackie and put a flyer on the door inviting them to church. And she emailed asking about baby dedications. And so we talked, we communicated, we got it on the calendar. And, um, you know, it's, I appreciate you for spurring that on. So that's a, that's a really neat thing here. Um, I thought I'd share just some of the fun. I might have mentioned this last week to, to some of you who were here, but I took note of some of the doors, and as I was knocking on doors, a lot of different welcomes. You know, some say welcome, some say go away, some say all sorts of them, but a couple of them that I thought were fitting for this morning would be um, this one here is one I liked. It's just down the street in Stroh Ranch, but they said, uh, friends welcome relatives by appointment so uh, uh, can I get an amen to that I, uh, the other one I thought that some of you might be grandparents here today you might uh, this might resonate with you as well grandkids welcome parents by appointment right that's uh, I know that's true as well but there's some fun things there but we are just so glad that you guys are here and I'm gonna go ahead and pray and then we're gonna jump into some things related to to parenting and raising children in this day and age here and so uh, Let's just uh, bow our heads and pray one more time. Well, Heavenly Father, we do just thank you for this morning. Thank you for the children that, that you've brought together here and the families that are representing and supporting them. And God, I do pray that as we look at a few verses that you've given us on, on parenting, that you would help us to make sure our thoughts are in line with your thoughts when it comes to raising children in this day and this age. And God, it's a different world than many of us were brought up in, and we just ask for your grace, your wisdom. We ask that you would just be our guest of honor here this morning through your Holy Spirit, and we, we thank you again for this morning. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So some of you might have heard the, the saying before, uh, it takes a village to raise a child. Anyone ever heard that before? It takes a village to raise a child. And, and I think there would be some biblical truth to that, some things that would overlap with that. And, and yet the other thing that I just would want to draw our attention to this morning is that, parents, you and I, the, the world, the village that we are raising our children in today is very, very different than the village we were raised in. 
you know what I mean? We, we live in a world now where many uh, experts are calling this a, a post-family era of the United States of America. Some would call it the um, post-Christian era of our nation. And, and that's the world we are raising our children in. I know when, when I was raised, um, the village looked a, a little different. I just think all the different ramifications of public schools or um, things with social media, cell phones, all the access we have to, to trouble out there in this world and, and access to good things. But I, I just remember when I was in elementary school, um, one fifth, fifth grade, you know, we were playing football out on the field and we got into a little fight. The good guys versus the bad guys. Got in a fight. On, obviously, I was on the good guys' side. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of us got in trouble. And the principal called us in, and the principal gave us swats. And Mrs. Gilmer was her name. And Mrs. Gilmer gave me a swat that brought pain to my backside like I had never felt before in my life. And it was not a Christian school or anything like that. It was just public school. But my principal back in, in those days, put the fear of God in me. And maybe in some of you as well, some of you were raised in days where, you know, things were probably even a little more strict than, than when I was in school. But um, the world we live in now is very different. Uh, we, I've got friends, my dad was a public school teacher, retired after 37 years, and um, the world that people are teaching, I have a sister who's a teacher now, they say they spend so much time just trying to keep people in line, corralling them with discipline, that they, they don't have enough time to teach them. And when they do teach them, there's agendas that they have to raise test scores of, not necessarily for the, the higher echelon students that want to learn, but for the lower test scores. And they need to bring them up to a certain level. And there's so much effort put into just things that just uh, several decades ago, you didn't even have to think about. And so that's, that's the world that we're raising our kids in. And so we're going to look at a, a few verses here on this. And one of the things that you and I are going to have to decide is, is who's going to set your moral compass for how you raise your children. There's a lot of people who would have a plan for your life. There's, uh, there's some cultures that would tell you what you can and cannot do as a parent, what how, the size of your family can or cannot be. There's, there's some families who would tell you how those should be. And in some cases, what a family would bring to the table would be good. In other cases, what a family might bring into your world as a parent trying to raise children would not be healthy, would not be good at all. It depends on, on your background there. There's, there's so many different things um, that would weigh in on your choices. But I want to encourage you to think about maybe parenting in such a way as as realizing that you will give account to your Creator. Maybe parenting, setting your moral compass based on what God says in His Word and what one day we'll each have to account to Him for when it comes to our kids. And so here's just a few areas we're going to talk about related to that. And I hope, again, some of these things might be new to you, they might be new to you and you might have to think about them. Some of them you might go, well, of course that should be true. And, and I'm just going to let you listen and, and wrestle with these. I, I didn't come up with them. I'm just sharing them with you here this morning, things on, on parenting and on children. And so um, one of the first things we want to start with, one of the first verses is, um, is this one from Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5. You might know this one, but, but it says this. It says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are children. In, of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. I don't know if you catch God's heart on that, but God says children are a good thing. They're a gift. 
They're a reward. As a matter of fact, if you have a whole quiver full of them, you're blessed. We translate that at the Firehouse Church here in Parker and at the Highlands location. We kind of paraphrase this a little bit. We say, how, how blessed is, is the man whose minivan is full of them, <laughs> or, or SUV or Suburban. But there's a blessing. God says it's a blessing to have a whole bunch of them, and, and they're a gift. And, but you know what? Not everyone agrees with that. Not everyone in this culture that we live in agree with that. I, we, uh, when we lived in the Highlands neighborhood up by our other location there, I remember one of our neighbors gave us a, a magazine once, and uh, they had some different value system and things than we did, and they gave us this. Uh, I don't know if you have this subscription at home, Mother Earth News. Anyone get this? Uh, I know I think Johnny still carries this. Is this a, no, just, just joking. This comes out of Boulder there, and uh, it, that explains a lot. But um, there was an article that our friend gave us, and we weren't sure that she didn't intend to give this to us for a reason, um, but it was a letter to the editor, you know, writing to Dear Mother, your Mother Earth here. Um, but it's entitled Finding a Friend, and it says, I've been subscribing to Mother Earth News for one year and just received another issue. Excellent material, as usual. I feel like I've found a lost friend and a community that I can relate to. I really enjoy the informative articles and the opportunity to learn new techniques and discover new points of view. I also like to read the subscriber comments. Goes on to say, my first issue of Mother Earth News was the December 2008, January 2009 issue. It contained an article, Three Mountains We Must Climb, which discussed three obstacles that humanity has to face, overpopulation, creating a sustainable world economy, and weaning ourselves off of fossil fuels. I thought the article was a much needed wake up call for all. It goes on to say, overpopulation is the root of all humanity's problems, and family size needs to be limited to two children, one child or no children, for a sustainable future. Some of our brothers and sisters disagree with that because of religious ideals or a belief that God will fix it. I'm here to tell you that's pure and utter ignorance. We procreate. We need to challenge our belief that it's okay to have as many children as we want. Goes on to finish the article. Thank you to everyone at Mother Earth News for doing a great job and lists his name there. But, but I don't know if you catch that, guys. There's people, and this was you know, almost 10 years ago. Some are saying, if you have one child, two, or more than that, you are one of humanity's greatest problems. A lot of people would resonate with that sentiment, but guess what? God does not. God says it's a blessing to have kids. They're a gift, and the more you have, the more blessed you are, is what it says in this psalm, at least what I read. But not everyone agrees, and again, you have to decide who's going to set the standards and the instructions for your family. I would again suggest God and God's Word. Well, let's continue here. Another thing we want to look at, this, um, this is a verse that you may or may not have thought about. might not have had your morning devotion based off of this verse here, but I'm going to read it from, from uh, Malachi here, Old Testament, last, last prophet in the Old Testament before book of Matthew. And uh, it says this, Malachi 2.15, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body, in spirit, you are His. And what does He want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. When we teach in our pre-marriage class, one of the purposes that God has for bringing a man and a woman together, God actually wants to have godly children come from your union. It's something that he wants. You don't hear that too often, but, but it is one of God's purposes. There's probably a handful of them that we cover in our pre-marriage class, but one of them is 
to have godly children. God desires godly children from your marriage. Now, um, you know, I'd like to quote, uh, there's a guy that wrote a, a book called Couplehood. I love this quote he has about, about parenting and about marriage. And he says this, this is Paul Reisler from his book Couplehood. He says, ideally, they should give you a couple practice kids before you have any for real. <laughs> sort of like bowling a few frames for free before you start keeping score. Let you warm up, you know? Yeah. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, older kids, uh, my older kids in here. Um, sometimes you can feel that way. But, uh, you know, I guess one of the questions I'd have for you is God desires godly children. Some translations say godly offspring. Um, something we don't maybe often think about is... Uh, how do you think children become godly? Now, I don't know about you, some of you with newer born babies here, don't they just wake up and uh, they show up at your house and they just say, Mom, how can I serve you? How can I bless your life today? Do you mind if I sleep in this morning, Mom? That's what newborns say, right? A lot. I'll, I'll pass on this meal, Mom. Get, get a nap, you know? Uh, no, usually it doesn't happen like that. Usually these infants that show up, they are... They are entirely centered around themselves, and, and understandably so. But to go from the world should revolve around me to I'm going to be someone who lays down my life for the world I live in, it doesn't happen accidentally. And God has a plan for helping bring that about. And you know what one of his number one agents in, the, in that plan is? One of, it's called parents. Parents are a part of bringing about godly offspring who don't show up that way um, by nature. And so we're going to look at a few verses related to this. Um, let's read. We've got some in the Old Testament, some in the New we'll look at here. But this one's from Deuteronomy. And the, you might recognize this is a place where Jesus actually quoted from when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment in, in all the scriptures? And Jesus went to this passage. And, and you might not realize this ties in more to parenting than, than I previously thought before, before seeing it this way. But um, it says this, Deuteronomy 6. Verse 4 through 7, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. There's a number of places in the Old Testament that say, Parents, here's the commands we are given uh, teach them to your children and your children's children. You know, now parents aren't the only, um, the only source of influence in our kids' life. I love this quote here. Um, puts it like this. Again, another author and teacher as it relates to parenting. He says, um, parenting isn't the only influence on a child's development, but it's the one we can do the most about. It's not the only influence, parents, but it's the one we can do the most about. And, and we need to catch, again, some of God's heart here when when asked what the greatest commandment was, he says, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. But did you catch the next passage after that? It says, by the way, you need to teach this to your sons, your daughters, your children. You need to pass this on to them. And it says, you need to teach them when you, you know, uh, one, we just need to catch God's, God's number one agents for carrying, about, carrying this out, this mission out, creating godly children is parents. And obviously, there's a lot of other influences as well but parents, I, I hope you realize this. The other thing it says here is you need to teach them diligently when you sit in your house and, and when you walk on the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Teaching the Christian life to our kids 
It, it doesn't just happen Sunday morning. Jesus could have said, hey, teach your kids real diligently on the Sabbath and the rest of the week. Do whatever you want. No, he says, when you sit and when you're walking and when you're coming and when you're going, teach them this. And, and parents, we've got to catch it. If we're going to be teaching them how to love God with all their heart, how to love their neighbors as ourselves, we, we have to be living this. Howard Hendricks put it like this. He said, if your Christianity doesn't work at home, then it doesn't work at all. Therefore, you must not try to export it. And we know that God has called us to export our faith and the good news about Jesus and the way of life that Jesus taught his disciples. We are called to export it. But if it's not working at home, it, it, that's not going to work out real well. And so the, the hope is that it is working at home. And we're reading the Bible. And God's thoughts are on our hearts and on our lips so that we can pass them on to our kids. And that's part of God's design for this. Now let's look at another area here in the New Testament. Some of you might know this classic passage uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. This one, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Uh, we got any kids in here? We can, uh, there, there's a few in here. Uh, kids, children, if you're here and not in Sunday school, you need to know God wants you to obey your parents. That's right. And God wants you to honor them so that your life will go well and you'll live a long life. Parents, I've got a question for you. Who do you think is supposed to teach your children to obey and honor their father and mother? A couple options, multiple choice. Uh, A, the government. B, the school you send them to. C, grandparents are. D, you are supposed to teach them to do this. Well, I'll give you a hint. This next verse in the same passage says, it says specifically, it calls out dads. Obviously, we know there's places dads and moms are working together to carry out this responsibility. But dads, this one is specifically for you. Uh, it's a great Father's Day verse. Join us on Father's Day. You'll hear it again. Um, but fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You know, as you're teaching them to obey, don't exasperate them. Exasperating is, is when uh, someone wants to give up. You're teaching, you're instructing your kids, and they just want to give up. And I've, I've been taught there's really two major ways to exasperate your children. One is to set the bar too high, so high that they can never attain it, and they just feel like they can't please you, and they can't carry out what you want, and they just feel like giving up. The other way to exasperate children is set the bar so low that it communicates to them, you don't care how they live or what they do. Either one of them will make a child feel like, why bother? I can't do this. I don't want to do this. We need to, we're, we're told to bring them up in the training and instruction. There, there's two parts. Training uh, refers to another translation, we'll say discipline and instruction. There's a verbal side and there's a training side. And, and we're called to do that in order to help bring about children that obey their parents and honor their parents and therefore live a long life and a full life. But again, parents, this is something God has called us to do. And so... Um, we, we like to really encourage one of the things we use in our vocabulary at the Firehouse Church here in this location, in the Highlands. We, we, we like to ask and see, are our dads, dads, are you engaged? God is going to call you to account in a special way for how your family plays out, for how your kids are trained. You know, you can't, your kids are going to make their own choices. They're free will beings, but um, Proverbs say, train them up in the way they should go. And one day... Moms and dads, we're going to be called before God to give account for how we trained them up, how we did on our part. And, 
we want to be men, especially, we, we ask you to be men who are engaged. Are you engaged? Are you in on this? Or, or are you kind of looking to your wife to carry the load for you? It's teamwork. I get that. My wife and I work together. In a lot of ways, my wife is more involved in some of the daily nurturing and the daily playing out of this. But I know one day I'll give account to my creator for my part as a father and how I did in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And um, I want to encourage all you parents in that. And, and grandparents and everyone else would be the support system for parents. I hope you understand this is what God has called parents to. And we can help them with that. And um, other thing as we just kind of turn the corner here is maybe a little encouragement is that uh, God has given you everything you need to exceed, succeed, mom and dad. You've got everything you need to succeed, especially if your parents live close to you in town, right? So this, is, <laughs> this helps as well. Um, mine, I've got mine eight hours down in New Mexico and Albuquerque. The others are out and, you know, they're not, they're not helping me with this as much as some of you are. But no, um, I love this verse here, though. Jesus was talking to the disciples and in the context, they're talking about getting to heaven and things like that. But this would apply to parenting and, and the job that we have at hand, raising children in a generation that has slid farther away from God and our godly heritage has decayed more than ever before in the history of our nation. But raising kids, I think of this, with, with man, with mom and dad, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God's given us everything we need to give a good account of our part in training up these children. And there's a few specifics you know, I want to talk about. He's given us his word. You need instruction on what to do. Uh, God has given it right here. It may or may not be on the blogs that you read. It may or may not be on the Facebook feeds that are going on out there. But God's got instructions for parents right here. Uh, he's given us his spirit to, to guide, to, to comfort, to uh, lead us into prayer and asking for God's help here. God's also given us his people. People who understand what God wants, his values and his vision. And um, whether that's family, uh, biological family or church family, God's given us everything we need. And this is just a few from the things that he's given us here, but these are very important factors here. Um, one of the things I want to just talk about before we move on to the dedications here is um, part of being a church family. This one place the Apostle Paul put it like this. He says, Philippians, uh, for, uh, Philippians 3.17, he says, Join with others in following my example, live by the pattern I, I gave them. And he's talking about the New Testament, the Christian life. There's, there's a, a need to join with others who've got the same values and the same vision. Hebrews puts it like this, 13.7, I love this. It says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You know, one thing that you might not know about our church, the Firehouse Church, we're a part of an association that's nationwide, it's international. There's uh, works in Latin America and Asia and Europe as well. But we're a small and probably lesser known, uh, I don't know what non-denominational means, not big enough to actually call yourself a denomination, I don't know, <laughs> something like that. But we've been a part of men and women who have taken this book very seriously. And they've sought to try to take what they understand that God would say about every area of life, parenting, marriage, and try to live it out together with God's help. And we're a part of, uh, you know, and maybe other churches and denominations do the same thing. I don't know about them, but I do know about this one. And from time to time, we've, uh, there's been surveys that have gone on out there about uh, how are marriages going in your association and how, uh, how is the parenting going? And at one point, um, 
You might have heard of one of the studies that the Baptists released. Uh, you know, uh, Southern Baptist Convention put out a study, and I would say we, we would agree with a lot of vision and values that, that the Southern Baptists would have. But they did a study that showed here in, in recent years that when their kids grow up and leave the home, over 80% of them are leaving the faith. 80% of brothers and sisters in Christ from a real good denomination are walking away and never coming back to the church. 80%. That should alarm you, parents. That, that is some people that are really trying hard and trying to use God's word. And, you know, they, there was a study done that some asked, well, maybe in the leadership of your association, you guys should do a study on this. And so they, they tried to do an assessment of kids that are coming and going, and they, they decided to choose pastors and families and their kids. And, and the danger there is sometimes those are the ones that miss it the most. And yet they did a study, and they found that throughout all the churches that we have, um, that it was 80 to 90% continued in a church of the same vision or values, 90% uh, in the same vision and values, 80% even within the same association of churches. And radical different, radically different results. 80% walking in some cases, 80% staying. And... And that's a part of the heritage we have in this association of churches. And again, I know there's other good churches out there, but I, I just want to tell you about what we're a part of. And when it comes to marriage, they did a study on marriage. You know, there's different statistics out there on marriage, anywhere from, depending on who you read, 25% of new marriages end in divorce, 33%. Some studies would say 50% of currently existing marriages, whether it's first time, second time, third time marriages, 50% will end in divorce. So they did a study and asked pastors of the marriages you've done in your churches, marriages you know, how many have gotten divorced? The study at the time, this has probably been five, uh, five, ten years ago, maybe not that far back, but um, they found that the number was close to 4%. The world is seeing anywhere from 25 to 50% divorce rate, and God has given us a heritage where last year, I'm sure it's gone up since then, but 4% compared to 40 is a radical difference. And I just want to let you know you're a part of something that, by God's grace, is getting different results in this world. And by God's grace, people are trying to live this out as best as they understand it and supported by church families like these. And I love this here. It just says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. I've got men that have taught me some things about raising kids, and, and I look at the results and I go, I'm still in faith here. I've got kids that are just hitting the teenage years, and, and who knows what's going to happen after that. But, but I've seen men and women who've gone before me, and they've taught, hey, here's, here's ways to apply this verse to your parenting and to your marriage, and, and they've gotten very different results. And, and we're a church family that by faith is seeking God. We're trying to imitate their faith, what they believe. They believe you can win with all your kids. They believe that God wants you to win, and he's willing to help you. We'd love to uh, support you as being a part of this team, teaming up together to carry out this mission. But I, I just thought it would be worth noting. I know we're, we're a small fish here, and uh, we don't have a lot of bells and whistles. I can whistle fairly loud if I need to, but, uh, but we're a part of something great that God is doing and God is bringing about. And we'd love to invite you to be on that journey with us, and, and some of you are, and, uh, but... I just feel blessed at the heritage that we've been given here. So um, we're going to look at a couple examples here on dedications, and then uh, we'll start calling the kids back in here. There's an Old Testament example about dedicating our children to God. Some of you might know this story, 1 Samuel. 
the story of Hannah and how she wanted to have kids and she couldn't have kids. And finally, she prayed that, you know, Lord, give me a child and I'll devote this child back to you. And eventually she has Samuel. It says Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. And another example you might recognize, a familiar family in the New Testament here, someone uh, named Mary and Joseph. And it says this, Luke Chapter 2, 22, it says, Mary and Joseph brought their baby Jesus to the temple in, in Jerusalem in order to present him before the Lord. We've got examples in Old Testament and New of taking our children and, and presenting them before the Lord and saying, Lord, here they are. Help them and Lord, help us as parents. And really that's what we are gathered here to do this morning is to, to ask for God's help and ask for God's blessing. And we're so glad so many of you came here to support the families that are doing that. Um, what we're going to do here... Next is we're just going to take a minute. We'll probably invite the kids um, back in from, from the gym there. And then we're also going to invite the parents that are dedicating their children to, uh, to come up front here. We're going to have you introduce yourselves, introduce your, your child or your children, and then we're going to take some time to, to pray for them. So um, we'll just take a, a minute or two break to, to get the kids in here and, and get the parents up front here. So why don't you just... Take a moment and, and we'll just adjust here quickly.
fingers and don't get any thickening on here. Okay. Well, uh, how about before we uh, before we have them introduce themselves and stuff, why don't we just give them a quick round of applause? So, uh, what we're going to do is just going to go through and introduce. We'll have a, a husband and wife. Uh, one of you can be the spokesperson. I hear that the men have gotten this delegated to them, so just to help them overcome the fear of public speaking. So, uh, <laughs> so then we'll just have you introduce your family here, and then uh, if you have uh, if if you want to share something about your, your child, why you named him that, or something special about him, feel free to, but don't feel like you have to, but we'll, we'll start off here with Josh. Uh, for those of you I don't know, my name is Josh Pitts, that's my wife here, and today we're dedicating Ethan and Elijah. Uh, there's no real good story on why the names of that other than those are not typically on. So uh, we're really happy to be a part of this church and happy for this dedication. If you don't know me, um, I'm Jonathan Clark. This is my wife, Kara, and this is our son, Jacob. Um, we're real happy to have them because we got uh, three girls. Hi, I'm Billy. This is my wife, Liz. Um, we're dedicating Caleb today. Um, we uh, didn't really have a story on the name other than I just sent Liz uh, 25 names over uh, an email. Uh, Caleb happened to be the first one on the email that I sent. And, uh, Yay, the rest that's is you. Um, we're excited to uh, dedicate him today, and um, we appreciate everybody coming out to support us. Good morning. Um, for those that don't know me or us, this is, I'm Ben Rush, and this is my wife, Jacqueline, and this is Brooklyn Madeline. She was born March 20th of this year. 10.21 a.m. Um, with Jackie and Billy, their brother and sister, and there's two other siblings. They're from New York originally, so we both love the name Brooklyn. And obviously with that having ties to New York, was a, that sealed the deal. <laughs> and Madeline is also a true tribute of Jackie and her family's grandmother who just turned 90 earlier this year. So it's quite the tribute. Thank you. Um, so what we're going to do is, uh, parents, we're going to have uh, just a, a commitment that we're going to ask you guys to, to take. Oh, that's great. Um, we are just going to have you say, I'm going to read some things to you here. And if you agree, you'd say, we, we will or we do. Um, if you if you want to say we don't, just do it real quietly. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I but, uh, I'm gonna I might uh, I'll just read these off my sheet here. I think we have them. I don't know if I can click at the same time. Yeah. Let's see. There we go. We'll start with that. Laura, you want to help me? Kind of like having a Bluetooth uh, sort of technology, but she's just got a blue shirt on. <laughs> All right, so um, we'll just, uh, I'll read off of this. You guys listen in here, but uh, 
we'll, we'll start with the parents and we'll just ask them some questions and then we're going to ask you as a, as a support system here, as a church family, as, as other family members, we're going to ask you similar sort of commitment as well. So, so be ready. Um, but we're going to start with this. Um, parents, here we go. I'll, I'll read off of this. But first question is this. Do you accept your God-given responsibility to raise godly children by bringing them up in the training and instruction of the Lord? We do. We do. Okay. Uh, the next question here is, uh, if you agree, you can say we will on this next one. It says, uh, will you trust God with all of his gracious and glorious resources to carry out this assignment? We will. And then, uh, let's see, here the next one. Where do you want to click the next one? Okay. All right, this next one here is, uh, got this here, Okay. Will you commit to teaching and training your child in the ways of the Lord so that they may one day trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Okay. Let's see here. The next one is for, for the church here. And we'll just um, have you again. I'll read this and then you respond by saying we do if you choose to accept this commitment here. So um, for the church we have... In order that these children may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers, you vow by God's help to be faithful in your calling as members of the body of Christ to help these parents to be faithful to God and to support them as they teach and train their child in the ways of the Lord so that they might one day trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Very good. What we're going to do here is... Um, just going to take a moment to pray. Uh, I'd like to just pray for each family here, and then we're, we're going to open it up to have anyone who would like to, to stand and pray or offer a blessing as well. I've asked Dennis and Drew to, to do that for sure, but if anyone else would like to, we'll just have you stand up from the audience there. But I'm going to quick uh, pray for, for each family as we go here. And you guys are doing great. We are we're a family-friendly setup here, so we love kids, and you know, if it, whatever comes with it. Our wife knows this. We've got to do whatever we do. We're glad to we understand. It takes extra effort. You guys are, you guys are awesome. So uh, we'll go ahead and pray, and I'll make them short, five-minute prayers each. So, all right. We'll start with Josh and Aaron. Elijah and Ethan. Okay, here we go. You guys will listen to our heads here. And Heavenly Father, we do just uh, lift up Josh and Aaron to you. We pray for Elijah and Ethan. And God, we just ask your your blessing on these children and on these parents. We ask you to give them the grace and the wisdom they need, Lord, to, to carry out your will. God, I pray, just thinking of Elijah as a, um, in the Bible as a spokesman for you, I pray that you would make this Elijah a spokesman for you. And Ethan, meaning strong, I pray you make him strong in the Lord. And we thank you for this family and ask for your protection and ask for your guidance. We ask together in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Johnny and Carrie here. We've got Jacob. There's a little Jacob here. And then he has Heavenly Father, we can again just ask you for grace for, for Johnny and for Carrie and for Jacob. Lord, we ask that you would uh, make Jacob, I think of the Old Testament story of Jacob as a hard worker and became the leader of a nation. I pray you would make him a hard worker like his parents and a great leader as well. We just ask you for protection on his life and on his parents. We ask your gracious hand would be on them. We ask together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. 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 Okay.
Amen. 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 